Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 405. And why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about emotional labor and what that means. And most of the show is going to be focused on an article that a woman named Gemma Hartley wrote. And we found this in the Harper's Bazaar magazine, I believe. I think that's the link. Yes. Uh, the title of the article is called Women Aren't Nags, We're Just Fed Up, subtitled, Emotional Labor is the Unpaid Job Men Still Don't Understand. Um but before we jump in, um, one of our listeners was kind enough to give us some honest feedback regarding how we start the show. And I just want to say uh, thank you for giving us some feedback, which he said was uh, sometimes we spend a lot of time on promotions at the beginning of the show. Um, and what I want to say is sometimes it's just something we're going to do because it's something that we think is important. Uh, but the other thing is this is more of a resource for our listeners. If you want to get into the gist of the show, I do the show notes and it will say exactly when kind of the content begins. I didn't do it on the old shows, but I've been doing it for the last few months. So um, if you click on the uh, episode in your app, it'll give you the show notes and uh, you can just kind of fast forward to that if that helps. Okay, so um, without further ado, let's just jump into this article and um, you read it on Saturday morning and then you sent it to me. And um, maybe if you wouldn't mind helping uh, us understand what the article is about, sweetie, I can do it too. Because uh, there's a lot of layers to this, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of male, female, mom, dad, husband, wife stuff. Uh, but what is emotional labor? Well, actually, before I jump into that, I think the reason that this article is important is because we're talking about some really heavy things right now in the media and in our world, um, you know, in regards to Me Too. <clears throat> Sorry, I had a coughing fit a minute ago, so I'm having a hard time getting my voice back. In regards to Me Too and in regards to um, the way women are treated and the way that what the expectation is of men. Um, and why this article is important is because this is talking about the really basic levels of um, how we define what each gender does. And it starts in the home and it starts in the way in our partnerships and it starts in our friendships. And it's this really kind of it looks really um, like not a big deal, right. kind of like, oh, this isn't really a big deal, mm. but it lends to the bigger picture which is what the expectation of men and women ends up being in the workplace and sure. in the world. And it also ends up being what our children see right. as they grow up. So, and it's, and people will say this isn't important or why are we talking about this? But we have to look at every, not solve necessarily, but acknowledge all these different layers of gender inequality. And, even just acknowledging it changes it. Yeah. You know, just even looking at it and saying, oh, okay, I see that. Right. That's a shift. It's not about, okay, we have another problem to solve. It's about, oh, that makes sense. And I see how this happens. And this is how, you know, another article that I thought we might talk about today was the uh, Heidi Stevens did an article for the Chicago Tribune. She writes uh, the Balancing Act um, column. And she wrote about why 
how would you describe what her article was about? The article was about a man writing to her. Oh, that was it. Yes. Saying, um, and this is going to take us off on a right. different tangent. That's right. There's a man who wrote to her and said, um, instead of talking about me too, why aren't you instead asking the women why they are trying to look so attractive? If they don't want men to be hitting on them and acknowledging them. Correct. And she did a really wonderful job of explaining, you know, I don't know anybody who goes to buy a new car and gets a nice car and people say to them, well why did you get such a nice car if you didn't expect people to steal it? Right. Or someone who spends time on their house and paints their front door and mows their lawn and says, well, you made the house look so nice. Of course people are going to break into it. Right. We don't look at things that way, but we do tend to look at women that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and why? Because our media our media sells women. Women are what we – when you guys look at billboards, what – except for all the billboards on 9094 right now with – 294 with uh, with uh, Brian Urlacher. <laughs> and Store 54 has hair restoration stuff. And Ryan Sandberg, um, who are two Chicago um, – Sports legends. Sports legends, some of our favorites. But besides those guys and a few leftover Halloween billboards, it's all women's bodies. Yeah. So – there is this – we have this belief, this underlying belief system that we have access to women's bodies and that they are ours to look at. And if they if, – if women don't want to be looked at, they shouldn't ever look nice. Yeah. You know, it's kind of this – so, okay, so that's a tangent, but really it's connected to this article in this kind of low-key way because it's, it's an expectation. Mm-hmm. And there is – the discussion about it is what makes the change. So um, – Emotional labor. What is emotional labor? Um, It is the work that uh, moms, and of course, because I always try and be fair, some dads Mm -hmm. for sure Sure. who are are CEOs of the house. But in the typical household. In the typical household that moms do to make sure that things are running in a smooth way. So like what is- Including ours. Household. Oh, yes. Including our household. You know, there's these things that get done- like, you know, how do you find a doctor for your child when your child is born? Well, you call doctor's offices, you ask your friends, you read reviews, you maybe go to one or two or three doctors because you try to find the right fit. That takes a lot of emotional energy. Yeah. So going to see, going, having a doctor's appointment is very different than the emotional labor it took to find that doctor in the first place or possibly switch doctors or then be referred to a new doctor like JC's going to somebody new today that I did. You know, this all needs to be figured out, right? So this also can apply to... Something as as like you know get, the article talks about getting the house cleaned. The just to like jump into the article, this mom in this article said for Mother's Day, what I want for Mother's Day is I want you to hire somebody to clean the house, deep clean, deep clean. Like I don't want to think about the house. I don't want to think about who's going to do it. I want you, my spouse. Yep to figure out how that's going to play out. Yeah. And the way she writes it is that the her husband for a long time was like kind of hoping for a different gift mm-hmm. that he could buy her something that he could maybe get on Amazon and click and wrap and give yeah. to her. And eventually what he ended up saying was he called one place. He called one place. It was really <laughs> expensive. Yeah. And he's like um you know, this is really expensive, so I'm just going to do the deep cleaning myself. Right. So from the male perspective, um, for some men, they'd be like, well, as long as it gets done, that's all that really matters. Right. So why would that upset this author? Well, about just calling the one place? How he went about the whole process. (sighs) 
Because I think this is, and again, I'm going to like back up a little more. He's trying to get it done and check it off the list yes. and not recognizing that it's a gift mm-hmm. that somebody's asking for. Mm-hmm. The um, emotional labor is actually taking the time mm-hmm. to figure out what the best way yeah. this gift can be given. What's the most economical way? Who can I find that won't interrupt our family schedule? Who can I find that my, you know, the person I'm giving this gift to will be excited about the outcome? How can I, you know, the actual... Um, he doesn't have the feeling. He just looks at it as a thing to do, and he just checks it off his list. Right. And there are some people, like, you know, my friend who sent me this article, she's one of those people who gifts is one of her major love languages. Yeah. That she's such a gift giver right. and is so thoughtful about giving gifts that when someone just, you know, clicks a link and then says, oh, there's a box on the way to you, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite have the same feeling. Right. And. This, you know, this is not just about getting the gift, and this is not just about that this, because we didn't even finish by saying he called one place, but then he said, forget it, I'll clean the actually, bathrooms myself. I actually did Oh, say did that. you say that? Yeah. And so he ended up, uh, so he, she also got a necklace, and the husband stole away to clean the bathrooms, leaving her to care for her children and then the rest of the house in disarray. Right. You can understand why this might upset a woman on Mother's Day, <laughs> right? Well... It's an, you know, I know we've talked about this before because this is something that Todd and I talk, I don't want to say we struggle with it, but something we talk about all the time is I think sometimes there's this piece of, uh, and I'll use an example that hasn't happened in years, Todd, but I'll just use this example that Todd would be like, it's Saturday. I'm going to go clean the garage Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go put on the music in the garage and I'm going to clean the garage. Bye. And so what that means is I'm in the house with the kids feeding them, entertaining them, maybe helping them with their homework. And Todd's perspective is, I'm cleaning but I'm garage cleaning the garage. To help the but, family. But you're alone. Right. And you get to be with your own thoughts and you get to listen and, to your own music. And by the way, I'm alone a lot of the time when I'm working. Correct. And you, as the CEO of the household, are barely ever alone. Correct. So it's really not much of a gift when I go leave you to manage the entire house while I go clean the garage. And I don't use the garage. Yeah. So, so it really doesn't help. You're cleaning your house. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're like, I've got to go clean my house that I live in, <laughs> and I'm going to do this for us. Yeah. You know, and, and I You will can s- thank me later. <laughs> and I will say that Todd hasn't done that in a long time. And, and not that the garage can't be cleaned, but mm-hmm. there's a, you know, like what it is is this misunderstanding of what's helpful. Yeah. And also this belief system about what role our roles really are. Mm-hmm. And this is why I kind of brought up the, you know, I'm, I'm kind of expanding the conversation around gender because there really is an expectation of you do that. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the long run, you are in charge of everything that goes on in the house. And I expect you to do these things. And if I am going to do it, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And if you don't like it, too bad. Um, do you mind if I play a 90-second clip from The Breakup? which sure. speaks to, So The Breakup is a movie with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, and it's kind of an intense scene, and it's about 90 seconds. I actually have two clips. This is one of two, but it speaks to a little bit of this. That's what happens, and we will you know, we clean the dishes tomorrow. You're, you know, I don't like waking up to a dirty kitchen. Who cares? I care, all right? I care. I busted my ass all day cleaning this house and then cooking that meal, and I worked today. It would be nice if you said thank you and helped me with the dishes. Fine. I'll help you do the damn dishes. 
Oh, come on. You know what? No, that's, see, that's not what I want. You just said that you want me to help you do the dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes. Why would I want to do dishes? Why? See, that's my whole point. Let me see if I'm following this, okay? Are you telling me that you're upset because I don't have a strong desire to clean dishes? No, I'm upset because you don't have a strong desire to offer to do the dishes. I just did. After I asked you. Jesus, Brooke, you're acting crazy again. Don't you call me crazy. I am not crazy. I didn't call you crazy. I didn't call you crazy. No, I didn't. I said you're acting crazy. You know what, Gary? I asked you to do one thing today, one very simple thing, to bring me 12 lemons, and you brought me three. damn it. If I knew that it was going to be this much trouble, I would have brought home 24 lemons. Even 100 lemons. I know what I wish? I wish everyone that was at that goddamn table had their own little private bag of lemons. It's not about the lemons. Well, that's all you're talking about. I'm just saying it'd be nice if you did things that I asked. It would be even nicer if you did things without me having to ask you. So I want to stop there. It's basically what happens in a lot of households, and I will say that even in our own at times, is us guys are myself, sometimes I'm willing to jump through hoops for Kathy when she asks. The problem is there's a lot of times where I'm basically, we have three three daughters. Uh-huh. I'm basically a fourth child just waiting to be told what to do instead of meeting you as an equal to run the household. Would, is that fair assessment? Well, I want to read something from this article um, that kind of, <laughs> you know, summarizes what Todd just said. So she says she's talking about that eventually her husband is cleaning the bathrooms. And she said, in his mind, he was doing the thing I had most wanted, giving me sparkling bathrooms without having to do it myself, which is why he was frustrated when I ungratefully passed by, not looking at his handiwork as I put away his shoes, shirt, and socks that had been left on the floor. I stumbled over the box of gift wrap he had pulled off of a shelf two days earlier and left in the center of the closet. In order to put it back, I had to get a kitchen chair, drag it into the closet so I could put it where it belonged. And then he said to her after watching her struggle, all you have to do is ask me to put it back. Now, some may say, what's the big deal there? Why does it fall to her to ask him to put it back? Why does it fall to that, you know, in that clip you just played to Jennifer Aniston to ask him to to do the dishes? Why? And again, this is where we're getting into this like kind of undercurrent of whose job is this? Um, It is an assumption that we're either going to do it or we're going to nag someone until they do it. Mm -hmm. And this is what's unfair. And this is why this article is called We're Not Being Nags. You know, like there's... it. It may come out naggy. It may feel naggy to the person hearing it. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm trying to not just be male-female here because I'm sure that there are same-sex marriages who struggle with this too. Or the other way around. Right, who are same-sex marriages. And like you said, that, that the man is doing more of the you know work. But in a partnership, it is when you live in a house and when you are parenting children, when we talk about feminism or equality, it's really about equality. Yeah. And they're in not it's not about one person should do everything and the other person should do nothing. That's not equality, and I don't care which gender you assign to which situation there. Yeah. It is that why when there are clothes all over the place, does that fall 
to one person. Right. What, and why then does the other person say, well, if you want me to do it, you need to ask me. A fourth child. Why do I need to ask you I think one of the problems that? is, and, and I'm guilty of this, I always kind of, you know, you run the house. I, sometimes I refer to you as the CEO of the household. And it's weird because as we're just kind of talking about this, that's probably not the best language because basically that means you're the boss and you tell all the minions, you know, the children and your husband what to do. Right. And there's no equality right. in those titles. And I don't know what the right labels are for it, but... Um, well, here's something else that this article says. I will be gender specific in this situation, that this kind of emotional labor and this kind of like... Um, connection or I should say thoughtfulness about what needs to be done, preparation, um, taking care of other people, making these phone calls. We, I will say as women, have a lot of practice with this. We grew up with it. We have probably been doing it most of the time in our marriages. Um, We have been taught that this is our role. So it's not as if it just fell out of nowhere. Yeah. I guess these are the questions that Todd and I always have with each other and doing this show is how do we make a change in the big picture of how we perceive each other and equality and social justice and all those things is we've got to start these things in our own house. And and it's just questioning why. Like, you know, like at the at the next paragraph in this article, she says, it was obvious that the box was in the way, that it needed to be put back. It would have been super easy to reach up and just put it away. But instead, he stepped around it, ignoring it for two days. It was up to me to tell him he should put it away yeah. when he got it out in the first place. And what she said is in the next paragraph, because she, uh, it takes a lot of restraint for her to kind of kindly. Right. Explain. S- to so she him. says, walking that fine line to keep the peace and not upset your partner. This is exactly what you just said. Yeah. Is something women are taught to accept as their duty from an early age. Yes. So, um, that's emotional labor that right. takes a lot of energy. And as guys, as a man, sometimes I'm about the black and the white. Oh, you want me to put it away? Just put it away. What I don't understand, and this is something that I can't understand if I just work on myself a little bit, is it takes a lot of, you know, the laundry list of things that have to get done in a household. Um, groceries, shopping, uh, school, homework with the daughters. I mean, that's kind of where we are in our life because our kids are all in middle school and high school and stuff like that. All that is not you know, it all doesn't magically happen. And for me, sometimes I just, I totally take you for granted. And hopefully we'll talk a little bit about um, gratitude and work and paychecks because we talked a little bit about that too. Yeah, well, and the other thing that's important, and this is why this article was so different than your average article, was this part um, that uh, Dr. Michelle Ramsey from Penn State, uh, she said, emotional labor is often connected to the problem solving. So here's her quote. The gendered assumption is that men are problem solvers because women are too emotional, she explains. But who's really solving the bulk of the world's problems at home and in the office? As a household manager for her husband, for, and then this goes back to the person writing, as the household manager for my husband and three kids, I'm fairly certain I know the answer. Um, you know, it, it, like basically what she's saying is- You women solve we, problems- 
all the time. All the time. And and sometimes we'll say, oh, men, when you give them something, they, they're problem solvers. Okay, that could that is very true. I will not say that's mm-hmm. not true. Yeah. See, these things can be true at the same time. But who during the day is actually solving all the crises that are occurring? And Well, I, and sorry to interrupt, but no. like if your kid's like talking back to you or whatever, there's two ways of doing it. And a lot of dads would be like, go to your room. Right. I solved the problem. <laughs> right. Right? right? Solve the problem. Did you really solve the problem? And the way we choose to help our daughters is when they do something that requires some attention, you have a conversation with them and it takes emotional work. And this is what Kathy is so good at. Even at the end of the day and it's 9.45 p.m. and then all of a sudden our daughters want to talk about something big that happened at school, you'll stop what you're doing and have these conversations. I'm not as good at it and I'm not excusing it. Um, it's something I need to continue to cultivate. But a lot of guys will just wipe their hands and say, oh, I'm not good at that stuff. You deal with that right. emotion stuff. And that's not fair. Well, and the thing is, is here's the emotion part. This is what's so important is that, you know, we're told that we're the more emotional species, right? And that we, you know, we're called nags or you're so emotional or you are, you're oversensitive. But we have to be so careful how we talk to you guys about these things. Yes. Because the ego... The fragile male ego. And that as soon as we say something like, um, you know, this is something that needs to be done or can you put this away? The reaction is, well, all you had to do was tell me. There's a there's such an emotional reaction right off or the bat. Or we'll get defensive. We'll drop below the line. We'll fight back or we'll freeze or we'll withdraw. And... Um, we get defensive. I've shared this story many times when, you know, you ask something of me and I immediately get into defensive mode and I say, but look at all these other things that I'm doing. And then I am such a better dad than my, and husband than my dad was to my mom and to us. And then that's when you say, and I think it's hilarious, I didn't marry your dad. So why are we talking about your dad? But that's me defending my fragile male ego. So for the guys out there listening is when this happens, instead of getting defensive, which is what I do and a lot of us guys do, really get curious about what it is that your wife is trying to communicate to you. Well, and here's a perfect paragraph to kind of sum this up. My husband despite his good nature and admirable intentions, still responds to criticism in a very patriarchal way. Forcing him to see emotional labor labor for the work it is feels like a personal attack on his character. If I were to point out random emotional labor duties I carry out, Mm -hmm. reminding him of his family's birthdays, carrying in my head the entire school handbook and dietary guidelines for lunches, updating the calendar to include everyone's schedule, asking his mother to babysit when we go out, keeping track of what food and household items we're running low on, tidying up everybody's belongings, the unending hell that is laundry – he would he would take it as me saying, look at everything I'm doing and you're not. You're a bad person for ignoring me and not pulling your weight. Yeah. And that's where then we end up being called nags. Yep. Is that I don't I can't think of a time that I've been like, well, that's not true. I'm sure I have in my in my uh in our big deep discussion moments where I've been like, here's what I do and here's what I do yeah. and here's what I do. But there's just an expectation here. And what she's saying as far as the emotional part is when we do address this, actually we did a show uh, a couple months ago, uh, a listener, Jen was talking about how she gave her husband an article to yeah. read about how much women need to be seen. He immediately got defensive. And he said, why do you, why do you women keep writing blogs like this? Mm-hmm. Because I work hard too. Yeah. He took it as an offense. He was defensive 
when she was saying, wow, I feel really seen by this article because there's these things. And here's the thing. For the partner who doesn't understand emotional labor, I guess I can understand why then you don't understand it's a big deal. Right. Because you don't really know what goes into it. And then what makes that more obvious is when she says, I want for Mother's Day someone to clean the house. And he says, well, I found this expensive place. You don't want it. Well, I'll clean the bathrooms. Because we would never do that. Right. (laughs) You know, like, well, never is a strong word. But that's not how things get done. So. This article, it, Todd and I just, my my girlfriend sent it to me and Todd and I have had kind of a good time talking about it because let me say this part, which is super important um, because this is Todd uh, completely in the best way. She says in this article, my husband is a good man and a good feminist ally. I could tell as I walked him through it, and Mm -hmm. then she's talking about walking him through what he needs to do, that he was trying to grasp what I was getting at, but he didn't. He said he'd try to do more cleaning around the house. He restated that all I ever needed to do was ask him for help, but that's the problem. I don't want to micromanage everything. I want to partner with an equal. Yeah. So that's the thing is here I have Todd, who's like the greatest feminist ally in the whole world, um, so helpful and loving and supportive. And he and I are still having these conversations about not what's mine, what's yours, but why isn't this ours? Yeah. Why is, um, you know, why is it my responsibility to bring this up? Why do I need to be the one? And again, even when it's coming out of my mouth right now, you guys, I feel like I sound naggy because I have been programmed throughout my lifetime to feel, I've been told that when you ask those things of other people, you're nagging. Well, a real world example. Yes. Um, this morning, uh, I've been traveling a lot and I'm going away again on Thursday. And uh, you, there's been some imbalance going on and you brought it up to me in a very kind and loving way. And um, I'm getting a little better at it because my initial uh, response, I wanted to be like, okay, well, let's figure out how to get you more time. Right. Like that's where I just leap into, okay, how do we fix this? Right. Um, and I don't know if you remember what I said. I'm like, you know what? You're totally right. I hear you. I have been gone a long time. Like I, whereas I think even a few months ago, I may not have came up with that response. True. Yes, true. So my first, so for the guys out there, if you struggle with this, first validate and don't like pretend to validate, like honestly try to see it from your wife's perspective and then acknowledge it first. Problem solving may or may not come later. Right. But if you jump over that and come into problem solving mode, you're not doing yourself or your family any favors. Because maybe it's not something that is going to be solved in the moment. Like I, I think what I was bringing up was that, that I have a lot of, creative creative ideas, right? And I, I'm a writer and sometimes I'll be like doing all the stuff that I need to do as a mom and as, as, you know, teaching and all the jobs that I have. And I don't get the opportunity to have that creative release, right? I don't get the opportunity to really sit down and be like, I'm just going to write today. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen, you know? Right. And then, um, and, and when Todd gets when he gets like a new, like he did this amazing thing this weekend where he was working with a bunch of fourth grade boys Mm -hmm. and he got this opportunity to really give a presentation and teach. And it was really, he was amazing, but he spends all this time being creative and thoughtful and, and all this time working on it. 
And I get envious that he can go like go do that, and I really can't go do that. And, and can't is too strong of a word because we're going to figure it out. Sure. We always do. Yep. This is not it's like a, a dance. thing. It's a dance, right? It's not like oh, he. And sometimes always... we step on each other's toes when we're right. dancing. Exactly. Like it's not as if we haven't figured it out before. But what happens is. This is why this conversation is important is because we get back on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Like, and in the last, you know, a lot of things happen for those of you who are listening, who can relate to my experience, things happen slowly. And this is what's hard to understand is a couple weeks ago, um, Todd was going to be gone because he had to teach or something, something that he was given the opportunity to do that he was excited about. So I had to, I was supposed to go see Glennon Melton and uh, Abby Wambach. They came to Chicago and I couldn't go because... Uh, Todd had something. You were traveling for work. Okay. And then the next week, I, last week, I was supposed to go see Hillary Clinton, and I we had tickets to do that. And Todd, this wasn't all Todd. This was part some of my work, but he ended up t- leaving that night and going and watching a speaker. Yeah. And so all these little things are like adding up where I'm like, I was okay mm-hmm. after that. But it's kind of adds to that like, okay, imbalance, imbalance. And then he traveled for two or three days, and now – and then, then this weekend he taught mm-hmm. and then he's traveling again for two or three days. So now I'm like, okay, wait a second. Yeah. And that, and I really do feel like that is my job when I, I do take responsibility for the fact for saying, okay, wait a second. I'm, I'm feeling like it's getting, we're getting too much on autopilot here where your expectation is this. Right. Um, and what's funny about mm-hmm. everything you're saying is, and, and I'm still not good at this, so I need to call myself out. When we get on autopilot, and autopilot is another way of describing imbalance. Correct. Right? Well, it's a, it's another, it's going back into old patterns. Old patterns. Yeah. But you're always the one that still brings it up. Mm-hmm. I am not the one that brings it up. Of course up. not, because you get the, this is the gender imbalance. You, when we get Tell on autopilot when, and we get out of balance, you get more. Yeah. So why would you want to bring it up? Well, and it's like, I'm, I'm learning from this teacher named Terry Real, and he talks about, you know, he's a very well established counselor out in Massachusetts. And he's like, it's not the men dragging the women into couples therapy. Right. It's it's always the woman and the the guy comes there comes in kicking and screaming. Right. That's just kind of a bigger example of what I just said is you're the one that brings it up and I don't and that's something that we need to work on. But you understand let's let's go deeper here. You understand why that is. Cuz I like it. Because it's easier for yes. you. Like because then you can go see your friend in North Carolina and you mm-hmm. can go be with your friends this weekend and then you can do the fun creative work and then you can do your job at JVI and Yeah, then, this is working great. This is working great for you. But but for the you ladies when it's not you got to s- you got to say it. <laughs> See, yeah. But we got to be, us guys need to tap into our intuition or our right. wisdom or our awareness. We think we're problem solvers. And then all of a sudden you realize that there's there's no spark in your relationship with your wife. And you're like, how did this get there? If we're really that good at problem solving, then we got to step up and figure out how to do it better. Well, and I think it's that piece of, and again, it's a lot of training that we've had to be more conscious of what you're feeling. Yep. Um, but like if you had to, if you were going to see... If you were supposed to go see Terry Real, yeah, and you had to cancel because of something I was doing, yeah, I would feel horrible about that. Yeah, like I would be like, yeah. not horrible. It's not like I would. You and know, and I curl may have made a, a side comment to you saying, you, "Oh, sorry well, that you." Can't. It ended up that Cheryl Strait ended up yeah. introducing Hillary Clinton, and they did question and answer. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, that's our uh, keynote for Cheryl um, Strait is Carol, Cheryl Strait, yeah, not Hillary, but Cheryl Strait is our keynote for the conference, and so. 
my friend Jessica Wynn is texting me these pictures pictures of them. I'm like, oh my it God. Could not have I, this is so bad that worse. I'm not there. Um, and so, in, and I don't want your jealous, or not, that's not the right word. I don't want you to feel bad, but the recognition is, you know what? You got, you had to miss these two kind of big events that you had tickets for. Right. And so why not? I don't know. Like yeah. what, or ask me, like, what, is there something that would help? Because. And instead, I didn't say anything. Well, in, in, instead, your your work, you were like heroes and, yeah. you know, you're, and you were on. And the thing is, is I get that. You know, like I know, I'm just going to say this for a lot of women listening. I There's a lot of emails I get from military wives. Mm-hmm. They have a situation that is so much more challenging yeah. than what we're talking about. Yeah. And... I really think they find this show a, a way to find they listen to this show because they figure out a way to find peace yeah. when their when their significant other is absent. And I just want to say to you ladies who I end up emailing with a lot, I really do hear you and see you and what you have to do as far as keeping things together when your husband is literally protecting our country mm-hmm. and um and you know giving himself to this greater good and what you have to do to take care of the home is beyond me. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not even going to say that I totally understand because I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. You'd have to experience it. I'd have to experience it. And um, so I say that only to offer some like to keep, I, I read this great thing this morning in my meditation about after I was done about it was from the Mark Nepo, Nepo book of Awakening about how sometimes when we're trying to solve a problem and our eyes become smaller, he kind of his uh, analogy was like, you know how a tiger's eyes become kind mm-hmm. of like slits when he's like yeah. focusing on yeah. something. But really what we need to do when we're trying to solve a problem is open our eyes wider. Mm-hmm. And instead of becoming really small and being like, let's get really micromanaging mm-hmm. about this, we open our eyes wide and we see the bigger picture. And what Todd and I are talking about here is not complaining about each other or saying, wow, we have problems. That's not it at all because it's actually resolved already. What it is, is do we see these things? And for those of you who have a hard time bringing these things up, can we bring it up for you Mm -hmm. on this show? And so you can then listen to this show with your significant other. You may find that there is nothing to be solved. You may say, you know what? This is how we divided our home Mm -hmm. So we could make things work, and I'm content with it. But the but in there, can we still see what each other is doing? Mm-hmm. That's the key. Um, well, and it, it's just so weird how we like rise and fall based upon our own experiences. Yes. Like you know, there's people who I don't want to get into certain situations, but you only know what you know. You only know what you so know. So you're in your, you know, I'm here a, a lot more than any military wives. And then there's military husbands. Uh, mil- military yeah. husbands. And I'm also here less than what uh, some other husbands are. Right. So like you're, you're just, we're all kind of in our own little bubble experience. Right. And you're going to, and you got to work on wherever you are in that in that situation. And that's the thing is, is this an agreement mm. that has been made where it's been discussed and everybody right. is getting their needs met? Right. Then, then you don't need to listen to anybody else. You don't need to worry about what anyone calls it. You don't need to worry about whether it's autopilot or not. You, this is an agreement. The problem is, is when we fall into old patterns and we don't discuss how we got there. Yeah. The problem is, is when we're unwilling to bring something up because we are afraid we are, go- we are going to emotionally challenge our significant other, yeah. that they won't be able to handle right. 
what we say. And this is where the guy's work comes in is when this happens, guys, because hopefully your wife is healthy enough, intuitive, intuitive enough to not just think about your male fragile ego right. and instead about her own needs. So when if if your wife is strong enough to bring that up, to not get defensive. Or if you do get defensive, even admit I'm getting defensive instead of hiding it or suppressing it and work through it. And it's not an easy thing to do. I need to talk about our partner. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Canvaspeople.com. They've been our partners for the last three or four months. They're awesome. Um, what are they? They're an easy to use photo to canvas service. that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day. So instead of snapping that beautiful photo and letting it rot in your cell phone, bring that photo to life and put it in the walls of your home, your office, or give it as a great gift. They have served over 1 million customers. And here's the uh, awesome deal that they have for Zen listeners. If you order an 11 by 14 canvas, it's originally priced at $69.99. But if you put in the coupon code Zen, you'll get that for free. You just pay shipping. So go to uh, canvaspeople.com, go to 11 by 14 canvas, put in Zen and you'll get that photo for free. So that's the deal. I wanted to play the other um, breakup scene. Okay. Hold on with that because I want to make, this is probably the most um, important part um, because this kind of, um, well, it's, it's similar to what I was saying before, but she just says it better than what I can say. So this is again from the Harper's Bazaar article. She says, even having a conversation about the imbalance of emotional labor becomes emotional labor. And Todd's already said that, that I tend to be the one who takes the initiative to bring up difficult things. It gets to a point where I have to weigh the benefits of getting my husband to understand my frustration against the compounded emotional labor of doing so in a way that won't end in us fighting. Usually I just let it slide, reminding myself that I'm lucky to have a partner who will willingly comply to a task that I, and I'm putting this in quotes, assign to him. Mm-hmm. I know compared to many women, including family members and et cetera, I have it very easy. My husband does a lot. He does dishes. He often makes dinner. He will handle bedtime if I'm working. When I ask him to do extra things, he will without complaint. So sometimes I feel greedy that at times I want more from him. Mm. Yet I Now, here's the, this is why Todd and I talk about this the most, okay? Yet I find myself worrying about how the mental load bore almost exclusively by women translates into a deep gender inequality that is hard to shake on the personal level. It is difficult to model in an egalitarian household for my children when it is clear that I am the household manager tasked with tasked with delegating any and all responsibilities or taking on the full load myself. I can feel my sons and daughter watching our dynamic all the time, gleaning the roles for themselves as they grow older. And she gives examples of that. She has two kids. One's yeah. a, a boy, one's a girl. Yeah. The girl cleans her room, no problem. The boy cleans his room and he says, hey, everybody, look at my clean room. And this <laughs> yes. is... I used to do this like, you know, there was a time when Kathy was in charge of kitchen duties. It was just what was going on. So when I would like surprise her and clean the kitchen, instead of just cleaning the kitchen and going back and not saying anything, I would be like, check out that kitchen I just cleaned. Right. I would need, and this is what I'm talking about, the fragile male ego. And I know there's going to be guys out there saying, Todd, speak for yourself because I don't have that. That's fine. I can only speak for mine. But I needed to be acknowledged in that moment of because of the one thing that I did and I didn't even express gratitude to the 99 things that my wife did. 
And why this is so important is you guys, we always talk about women being emotional and oversensitive, but do you understand that men can be emotional and oversensitive too? And that that's not bad. This is not a criticism like men get it together. This is, can we start to see how similar we really are? That when a woman brings up something she's frustrated about, that oftentimes the defense is the, what comes back is very defensive or angry. And we may say, well, they're just annoyed. Well, that's emotional. Yeah. That's like a that's an emotional response. And and again, these gender roles, this, you know, another example, when I brush and this is from the article, when I brush my daughter's hair and elaborately braided around the side of her scalp, I did Cameron's hair this morning, I'm doing the thing that is expected of me. But when my husband brushes out the tangles before bedtime, he needs his efforts noticed and congratulated, saying out loud in front of us that it took him 15 whole minutes. Yes. And, you know, and again, here's the thing. I... I can't even think of an example like that right now of you, Todd. I'm just reading this article because it resonates so I used so to strongly. do it a lot more. I'm sure I yeah. still do it, but yeah. I used to do it a lot more. I, I can't even think of a time you've been like, hey, look at what I've done. I think we're, we're our roles are becoming a lot more equal. Yeah. It, over the last 10 years, you and I have changed a tremendous amount. And we're going to be a lot different 10 years from now. Right. And this is all, you know, what does anybody want? I don't care what gender you are. You want equal partnership. You want equal... You want to feel like you've got people's back. It's not like women or who's ever running the house is like, I want to give up all this so I can lay on the couch and watch TV. We all want to feel worthy and good about what we're doing. But a lot of times having everything fall, this kind of emotional labor to one person is very stereotypical and gender assigned. And and can maybe the woman end up doing more of that? And she says at the end of the article, she says, you know, some of these things I'm just better at, mm -hmm. you know, and I am just going to be in charge of the majority of this. Yeah. But there are some things that are really simple, yeah. like the box in the middle of the closet. I say to my children, you know, we could just transfer this whole conversation to parenting because I, you know, my girls will like, like just throw things all over the family room, leave, you know, leave stuff out. And my comment to them is not, you know guys, I'm asking you to do something. My comment to them is whose stuff is this? Mm -hmm. And why would you think that this would be my job? Personal responsibility. Yeah. Like I'm being very like what I want to teach my girls is you are in charge of your stuff. I, how many, how often do we say that sentence right there? A lot. Stuff in, and obviously I do more cleaning than they do. And I set stuff on the stairs, bring stuff up. And so do you. Um, but I, my comment to them is always why, would you expect me to do this? Like I'm I'm not trying to put them on the spot and make them feel bad. I'm trying to get their thoughts into that place of why do you think it's someone else's job to take care of your stuff? That it, makes no sense. No, and it takes, um, you know, it's one of those things that takes a lot of reminding. Exactly. Your kids aren't going to get it. As a 45-year-old man, I forget all the time yes. about gratitude and understanding my role versus your role in this household. And, you know, gentle reminders. I think that's kind of what we're trying to say. Because, you know, if, you know, I love the the name of this article. It's like, we're not nagging. We're just fed up. Right. We're just, can we see this? Because you have a fully developed prefrontal cortex. Yes. Our 10-year-old our doesn't. So yes. that's the difference. Yes. So um, and just one other thing, I'm predicting that my children are sure, certainly going to have their share of challenges, but I think they're going to grow up to be pretty emotionally intelligent human beings. Mm -hmm. I will take some credit for that, but I just know that you do more of the heavy lifting from an emotional thing as than I do. And as a guy, I'm like, okay, what do I, what's, 
what does it mean to have a good family? Uh, make sure there's a roof over the head, right? Food in their belly, right? And warmth, uh, so you don't freeze from the cold, right? I'm good, and that is not what's going. We're trying to raise human beings that are going to understand empathy and to give back and to change the world for the better. And if you're just doing these minimum Maslow hierarchy of needs, and I'm, I'm speaking as a guy like, oh, I just, you know, I, I work and I bring home the paycheck and we have money so we can have a house or an apartment and food on our table. And then that's it. But that's well, not it. And not only that, but you guys, <clears throat> what was that conversation we were having yesterday where I was like, yeah, but you get, oh, it was the extrovert introvert thing. It was mm. a totally different thing. But you guys get a lot of props for that too. I get because props. Because you're, you're considered more, I mean, and again, I'm saying this, not that I agree with this, but the more, the one who's contributing more. Productive member of the society. Exactly. And how is, how am I, how is <clears throat> my job reinforced? Um, I get a paycheck yeah. every week. That is a thank you. And, you know, because I I hear a lot of guys like, well, my wife never thanks me for working. Why should I thank her for running a household? Because you get paid a freaking paycheck. And that is a thank you. Um, I get acknowledged by coworkers all the time, by customers, by vendors. I get this kind of reinforcement from people saying that you're you're, you're important. Your kids aren't going to, your kids aren't going to acknowledge how important you are because they're still figuring out and they don't get it yet. So, so for the person who's running the household, it's really, it's not a thankless job, but it's certainly more thankless than being an employed uh, person. And here's the thing, you know, it's kind of like you can have gratitude for the fact that you get to be with your kids and, and be grateful that you get to do what you're doing. And at the same time, and that these are the, these aren't even really paradoxes as much as they just live side by side, you can still sometimes need and desire to be seen and acknowledged. And when you want to be seen and acknowledged, it doesn't mean you're ungrateful. Mm. That gets used against us where people will say, like, I'll give you an example of something I've heard from a lot of my friends who had fertility issues. They had fertility issues. And then once they got pregnant or adopted and then they struggled as a parent, people would say to them, well, didn't you want to be a parent? (laughs) And they're like, oh my gosh, like just because I struggled and wanted to be a parent as much as I did and I did all this work and put my body through all these things or went through the adoption process and now I'm struggling doesn't mean I'm not grateful for what I have. It's okay for us to have... Um, those things living side by side. Not only is it okay, it's human. Yep. You know, like I am entirely grateful. I see Todd so clearly. He's such a good man. Um, I know everything he does. I see it. And I hope I point it out enough to you, Todd. You do. Thank you, sweetie. Um, and at the same time, I said to him this morning, my creative outlets aren't being met at all. And it's not your fault but can we figure this out together? Because I'm seeing you be creative and flying and having all this fun, and I'm feeling really not that I'm doing that. Stifled. Stifled. And so how do we do this together rather than it's your fault, this isn't happening? Guys, before you get into problem-solving mode, go deeper (laughs) before you do that. Because I know you want to, because I'll be like... Uh, today I, from three for three yeah, hours yeah. yeah and we'll put it on the calendar and then all of a sudden you'll forget about the calendar and you're back to where you were um so there's another episode from the breakup that i want to play but because of time uh i'll just include it in the show notes but we don't have time to play it well all right let's just race yeah, it. it's just about 90 ahead. seconds yeah i was working today and i made that meal and you could have thought to yourself you know you could have said yeah I, I think i'm gonna get brooke some flowers you said on our very first date <laughs> that you don't like flowers, that they're a waste of money. 
Every girl likes flowers, Gary. You say that you don't like flowers. I'm supposed to take that to mean that you do like flowers? No, this is not about... You're not... You're not... You're, you're, you're not getting it. You're not getting this, Gary. Okay, it's not about the lemons. It's not about the flowers. It's not about the dishes. It's just... Um, how many times do I have to drop hints about the ballet? You know I can't... St- Brooke, come here. We talked about the damn ballet. I hate the goddamn ballet. You got a bunch of dudes in tights flopping around for three hours. It's like a medieval techno show. It's a nightmare. I sit there in the sweat. The whole thing. I do. I'm wondering when the hell's the goddamn nightmare gonna end. Go to a damn ballet. It's not about you loving the ballet, Gary. It's about the person that you love loves the ballet and you want to spend time with that person. Not when they're at the ballet. Okay, forget the ballet. Forget the ballet. We don't go anywhere together. We just went to Ann Arbor together. To Ann Arbor? To the Michigan Notre Dame game. You you think screaming drunk kids and leprechauns doing backflips, that's fun. That's fun for me. Come on, man. I did that for you. What do you... How do you show up for me? I'm up on the bus every goddamn day Come for you. Come on. You... I'm busting my ass to be the best tour guide in the damn city so I can make enough money to support both of us and hopefully you won't have to work one day. I want to work. Yeah. All I ask, Brooke, is that you show a little bit of appreciation that I just get 20 minutes to relax when I come home instead of being attacked with questions. All right. That's it. Um, there's so much in there. There is so much. In We've there. played these clips before. I know, but so, they're, they're, they're important. So for those of you who have been listening to us for seven years, I think we've talked about the breakup before. And obviously this is a, uh, this discussion is very, you know, it's stuff we talk about in Zen parenting all the time, but Todd and I just both found this article so valuable and you know, the, the flowers thing, you know, cause I also have said to Todd, you know, let's spend our money on experiences and vacations yeah. or whatever. And it doesn't like the flowers thing is not about really getting flowers or not getting flowers. What she's saying is in the today, you could have thought about me and thought, what can I do to let Brooke know that I love her? So you grab some flowers and he's like, but you don't like flowers. Like it's a shutting down of what she's trying to say constantly. And maybe he could have like Todd loves me by bringing home a piece of chocolate cake, you know, on the weekend or, you know, or occasionally he does bring home flowers and I love them. I love them because they're from Todd. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even if he got me like a plant I didn't like, I would be like, this is from him. So here's gut check time to all, because I coach guys for a living and a lot of the times they're like, yeah, I'm just not seeing eye to eye to my wife. One of the very first questions I ask is, when was the last time you asked your wife out on a date? Mm Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, we went out with our kids, blah, blah, blah. Or we went out with a few couples the two weeks ago. I'm like, we went no. to the Michigan game. Yeah, we went to the Michigan Notre <laughs> Dame. When was the last time you said, honey, we're going to go out. I'm going to take care of the babysitter so you don't have right. to. Like you do all the work. Right. Because a lot of times you're like, hey, let's go out on a date. Where do you want to go? And who'd you get for a babysitter? <laughs> that doesn't cut it. Doesn't so it. That's called the emotional labor. So for the guys who are like, oh, but I do all these things. If, gut check time. When was the last time you asked your wife out on a date? Right. And if it's been more than a month, that might be a sign that Mm -hmm. you're not pulling your weight. Or that you guys aren't, you know, instead, because Todd can use that language with guys. What I would say is to, it's not about you need to do more. Because again, that's the thing I think that men fear most is that if, if I were to say to you, I'm struggling with my creative outlets, you're having some and I'm not having any, that that somehow I'm saying to you, you're not doing enough. You're actually doing a ton, but the the equity isn't there. It's not about you're not working hard enough. It's about you're not recognizing the things I'm doing. Like some of the things that can't be researched and studied, or maybe they have been and I'm unaware of it, is my kids come home and they see me. 
and I make sure I'm home at three. Not every, no, most days. I'd say 98% of the time. Yeah. And that when they walk in the door, that I, that I talk with them, I'm You're there, available. I'm available. Now, some may say, well, you don't need to be, or why don't you take that time to go do, you know, even Todd has said before, why don't you just go away when the kids come home? This is something that I know in my gut is helpful to them. Can I do research on it and figure it out? Why? Or can I... I don't know why it's important for my girls to see me, but I will tell you one thing. Yesterday, I was I went to yoga in the morning and then I got home and then I was at home all day with you guys. But then I went up and read at about seven o'clock. I finished that Alec Baldwin book, by the way, mm. and I'm reading a new one. But anyway, I was reading and my youngest daughter came up to my room and said to me, I haven't seen you at all today, which wasn't true. I'd been with her all day, but not in the way I usually am. Quality versus quantity. And so to, and I'm saying this so everybody, moms, dads, understand that our children have a, they have a, a feeling of safety and of normalcy when we are around. And so in, even if we've created certain patterns in our home, like for my friends who are listening who have to work until six or seven, then they're used to you being home at six or seven. I'm not saying you have to be home at three right. o'clock. I'm right. not saying do what I'm doing. What I'm saying is they've gotten used to that. And so then their expectation is mom is going to pick me up at six or seven or dad is, and then I'm with my parents. And if that shifts, then for them, that can be unsettling. Yep. And so that's the emotional labor of our lives is is you know, rising to that expectation and showing up so our kids know we're around, even if they don't talk to us the whole time, they know we're there. My Cameron will sometimes just be in her room and yell down the stairs, mom. And I'll say, yeah. And she goes, okay, I just want to know you where you are. Mm. And then she goes back in her room. Yeah. So some will say, well, she doesn't need you. Yes, she does. And sometimes, and I would say I'm with the girls at night all the time. You know, it's very, everybody kind of splits off for a while. And Todd is too. Yeah. But these are sometimes the things we forget that we don't know how to quantify. Yep. Um, so we got to go. I know. So I want to say a few things, just three things really quick. Number one, conference. Conference, March 2nd and 3rd. Tickets are on sale. Early bird tickets are only on sale another week or two. So get them. Um, go to zenparentingconference.com uh, or zenparentingradio.com. Tonight, if you're listening to the show on November 7th, we have a free screening of The Mask You Live In. Free, you guys. It's at the Elmhurst Public Library. If you haven't seen the movie Come, if you've already seen it and your son and daughter haven't seen it, bring, bring them. Uh, it's for 11 and up. you got to register on our website. And it, there's only 40, 40 spots available. available. So, And then the next day, November 8th, which is Wednesday, Todd and I are doing a class on parental compassion. We'll probably be talking about some of this stuff um, and how to be more patient and loving and connected and open with our children and each other. Mm -hmm. So that um, also register or just show up. It's Now it's just a few days away. So that's Wednesday night. And then Monday, November 13th, we have a Zen Talk, which is our twice a month virtual class. Um, so go to zenparentingradio.com and check that out. And then on Monday, November 20th, we have a virtual class uh, called Civility and Compassion for the Holidays. And that's free to anybody who's on the Team Zen. And for anybody who's not, it's a, a virtual class where you can ask us questions and we're going to talk a little bit about communication. And that is on Monday, November 20th. And even more than that, it's about how to remain civil in conversation. This is something that Todd and I, I think, will probably be talking about for the next year, like how to have respectful 
and responsible conversations with each other as partners, with our children, with our friends, with our coworkers, with people who have different political ideology. This is we start this in the home and then it moves out into the world. So join us for this conversation. You can find all of this on zenparentingradio.com. Click live events and our whole calendar is there. Yep, just scroll so down a little bit. You can find everything we're doing. We also have three Zen friends. Oh, good. Uh, a Zen friend is somebody who um, contributes to the scholarship fund so we can bring people to the conference that can otherwise not afford it so or needs a little bit of support. So those three people are Meredith Higgins. Thank, Thank you, you very Meredith. much. Yay. Uh, Michael and Kathy Quinlan. Thank you, Quinlans. Alicia Schultz. Thank you, Alicia. And Pogbear. You, there were, you said three, but there were four there. I know. I forgot to write down Pogbear. Hi, Peggy. It's... Thank you. That's, a, that's my aunt. Um, and then um, our partner, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life, has a women wine and wellness event on Thursday, November 9th. Uh, feel good on the inside, look good on the outside. Um, it's basically uh, an evening dedicated to the celebration of women. So go to CairoTree.com to learn more about that. And then don't forget about our amazing other partner, uh, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company. He's a bald-headed beauty, and he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicago and area. And he's building us a little studio. And he's building us a little basement. studio in our basement. So uh, that's avidco.net. And then we also have three iTunes reviews. Mlove22 from the USA. Thank you. Uh, Chels Daisy from the USA. And lastly, KedA69 from South Africa. That was a great, I mean, they were all good reviews. You sent them to me, but that one from South Africa was really, I appreciated that very much. She said she would come to the conference if she could, but she's a little too far away. It's a long ways away. I know. So you'll just have to listen on your phone. And that's why I love podcasting and the internet for as much challenge as technology can be. It's pretty cool to be connected in this way. So for all of our friends abroad, um, you know, our global friends, thank you. And Todd, I see everything you do. So thank you. I see everything you do. Yes, And we're going to have a date tonight. Yes. And it might be us watching Stranger Things in yes. the basement. I don't know if I want to go out. Think but... about Stranger Things. There's so many things on there that are strange. They're a little strange. All right. Uh, okay. Keep trucking. Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Are you a force for good? Yes. If so, then get your tickets for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018, with Cheryl Strayed and Mike Domish. When purchasing your tickets, consider becoming a Zen friend for our conference scholarship program. Let's make sure anyone who wants to attend can be there. Come see us. We look forward to having everyone in Chicago. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's awesome award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or on Amazon. Thank you. You're welcome. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called coaching for guys on the phone skype or in person contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with check out the tribemensgroup.com we would love to have you be a part of the tribe if you ever shop via amazon you can help us out by first going through the amazon link found on our homepage, zenparentingradio.com under support us it doesn't cost anything to you but we get a small commission from amazon I want to give a special thanks to our partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. They've been with us since the start, and we love them. And to all of you, thanks, thanks for, your, for love your love and, and support. support.
Keep trucking. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>